0: We're in this um, unique moment called Here to Stay. We started a GoFundMe campaign uh, to raise $20 million, which is sort of absurd, in, um, in just a matter of weeks. And so June 30th is our deadline. In six weeks, we will either be able to buy this property or we will have to relocate from Hollywood. So it's not like a, it's not a big deal. And I've been carrying the weight of this every day And I've been thinking about this, that things are heavier when you're carrying them alone. So I'm sharing this burden with you. In six weeks, we're either gonna buy this property or we're gonna relocate. I love, don't you love when God puts you in these intersections of crisis where it's really clear what happened? And so this is a moment where I need you to pray so that God shows up with this incredible miracle. Because one of the things that's really like, liberating for me is I know I'm incapable of this. If I had $20 million, I would drop it right now and just give it. If I knew people who could drop the $20 million instantly and would, man, that would be amazing. But what I know for certain is that this is not something I can do alone. and It's not something we can do alone. It's something we must do together. And when we do it together, by the way, if all of us are as sacrificial as humanly possible, we still won't get it done. Isn't that good news? If, so if you give everything you can, generously and sacrificially, we still need God to show up. And, and the way that God usually shows up is He changes someone's heart. He puts it on someone's heart. He says, no, instead of using your money to do this, use it to do this. So I'm going to ask you guys just to pray. Because today we're going to receive our offering for today, but there's something bigger going on. We have an opportunity to be a part of a historic moment together so that the church can stay in Hollywood, on Hollywood Boulevard. And in case you don't really understand the dynamics of it, this is the last piece of land in Hollywood, or in Los Angeles, that is designated religious nonprofit. It means it does not have to be rezoned. It means a church is legally allowed to be here. Now, there is no land in the city that will ever be rezoned for a church because cities do not want to give up the tax revenue but this property is non-taxable. It's as if God prepared it for us 60 years ago, waiting for us to step into this moment. This is our epicenter of what God is doing, not only here, but across the world. And so the good news is we've raised $2.5 million in the last three or four weeks on the GoFundMe campaign, which is amazing. And the challenging news is that a lot of the money here that has been given from Hollywood was redirected from normal giving to here to stay. And so the challenge has been, oh, the giving that we use to pay for the rent is being shifted to pay for the mortgage, but we still have to pay the rent. I know it's challenging. And uh, and so this month, Kim and I, you know, she doesn't know yet, she's been overseas, made a set, a really huge sacrificial gift and because we realized that we needed to step up and do more. And I'm gonna ask you to do the same. And so if you're here and this is your community if you're a guest this conversation is an inside conversation and if you feel impressed to give that's great but that's not what we want from you we're just here to serve you and to love you and help you connect to the god who loves you but for those of us who believe in mosaic this is our moment we have to put our priorities into action if this is your community if being in hollywood matters to you if the church Being here for generations to come is important to you. If you want to be a part of this legend and this legacy, this is the time to step up. And so I want to encourage you one, to keep giving on your regular basis. If you can, um, to find a way to give in extraordinary levels and to find ways to be sacrificial and get the word out. Just spread the word to people that you know love Mosaic, love the church, love what Jesus is doing here. We're going to. Invite our volunteers to come and bring the buckets. We're going to take a few moments. We're going to receive our offering, and if you're here, you want to give through check or um, check. I don't know, and uh, you know cash. I, I'm not really sure what the currencies are anymore. And uh, we're going to we're not going to pass the bucket check. We're going to pass them in just one second, because you you can the buckets are symbolic. Because you may be here saying, I don't carry cash. What's a check? All right. What I want you to do is when the bucket goes by, I don't want you to leave it empty. I want you to look at that bucket and I want you to pray the moment you hold that bucket. Because if it's empty, it means it needs to be filled. And so let's pray as the bucket goes through. Let's use this as an action of prayer, it, that it, it motivates us to action. And there's different ways you can give. You can give through check and cash. And so if you happen to have like a briefcase of $50,000, you just drop that cash right there. Memo here to stay. Okay. Online, you can go to mosaic.org here to stay. You can um, give a wire stock transfer. And we've been having people send us stock and our, um, our investment consultants tell us advisors, so this is a great time to sell stock because everything seems to be really high. So it's a great time to give. And then one of my other friends was explaining to me how giving a certain stock at a certain time helps them with tax deferments. I'm just not that wealthy. And uh, he was explaining it to me, it's awesome. We would love to be a tax shelter for you, okay? <laughs> so we want to save you from giving it to the government give it to mosaic your wire and stock transfer and if you're serious about giving an extremely large amount of money like i don't know any other way to do this i hate being in this conversation but this is where god has put me so look at me i don't like asking but i know some of you love giving So I'm looking for you, and you may be online. I don't care where you are. If you're in Detroit or if you're in Iowa, Des Moines, Des Moines, you know, if you're in Atlanta, wherever you are, this is something we have to do together. Just email mosaic.org. I assure you that email will get to me. All right, and we'll have a conversation. All right, now we're gonna pass the buckets. Let's make it a moment of sacred transaction where you're asking God to do a great thing here with us. Let's give together.
1: I don't feel like it's just one person on the stage or it's a community or it's a band or it's a wor- worship team I felt the whole I felt the whole room is one and that's what Jesus had hoped would happen he prayed that God make them one as we are one because he knew that that union that he had with his father was perfection and so he prayed that for his people we are so great when we are one turn around turn around do you understand who's in the room You got to see the person behind you, really. Look around. Do you even know these people? You don't know that you're standing by somebody that's great or somebody that's gonna be great and you're never gonna know them if you don't introduce yourself. Turn to somebody and say, my name is Joe. How many of you are saying Joe right now? How many are you saying Joe right now? You people who. Ah! That's right. My name is Kim, if we have not met. Hello! Happy Mother's Day to me! I hope you called your mom. Right before we sit down, let's pray. So what we're going to pray tonight, this is the, this is the topic, so I might as well just say it. The topic is about cutting through the noise. How we cut through the noise. We cut through the noise with wisdom. I don't have much wisdom, but I have a lot of mom experience. And look, this is what the scriptures say about wisdom. It says it starts like this. Let's all read it together. Read it like you're going to sing it out, but you know you're reading it out now. All right, the starting point is to be consumed with awe as you worship Jehovah God. Be consumed to receive the revelation of the Holy One. You must come to the one who has living understanding. Wisdom will extend your life, making every year more fruitful than the one before. That's you. It's talking about you. You want to have a year like no other year? You want next year to be more fruitful than this year? You got to take on some wisdom and the beginning of that wisdom it says in one translation is the fear of the lord in another translation it is standing in the awe inspiring worship of god almighty let's pray to him let's pray with our eyes open let's pray with our eyes open and our hands reaching up to say god we're taking the wisdom that you're going to bring down from heaven And even though we can't see any of it because it's invisible and unknown and very mysterious, we're reaching for it, Lord Jesus. We're reaching for it in our hearts. We're worshiping you. We're worshiping because it is an awesome thing to worship. It is putting our hearts in the place, and it is beneath your wisdom. It is beneath your glory. It is beneath your truth. And that's where we stand, God. We are not exalted, you are exalted. You are exalted. You're the only one. You are the perfect one. You're the one of truth. And we, t- we take all of our opinions and our ideas and our thoughts and all of that, and we just submit them to you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a seat. Amen. Woo! <laughs> have we started well? We have started well. So I just came back from Lebanon uh, yesterday afternoon. Pastor David Arcos and I were there. Uh, long flight home, long week, long flight home, 18 hours. And then, and it's been just a, it's just been a, like a long, long, long day and a half. That just, it's been the longest day of my life the last two days. <laughs> so I went home after the gathering of this afternoon and I, and I took a nap. And, and when my alarm went off, I woke up at 6.30 and I thought it was Morning. I'm serious, I thought it was morning, so I just want to say good morning. <laughs> I feel a lot better. Still a little bit delirious. The Middle East is a cray cray place, right? <laughs> it's, cr- it's crazy, the last, yes, one night, one night, I just couldn't find a towel. I was washing, I was drying myself from the shower on my pajama top, okay, <laughs> hey, all right. And then I drank Nescafe. I don't know which was worse, pajama top or drinking Nescafe. If you don't know what Nescafe is, it is the bottom of the food chain of coffee. <laughs> and some company decided the whole world loves it. Nescafe. I took two sips. I couldn't take it anymore. All right. So, so wisdom, wisdom, right? Uh, the, we are, we're going to talk about You know, when I, whenever I want some information, I go online and I'm like, okay, okay how do I find out about glucosamine? I, I don't What is that? What is that? So I type it in, I type it in. I just want the information. I don't want all the noise around the information because I'm very distracted and because, you know, before I know it, I'm, ri- I'm reading something about a mortgage and then I'm like, oh, that dress is so cute. Oh, what is that dress? And look, I just, I just found those shoes. how did those shoes that I looked at last week end up on this glucosamine page? What is that all about? Look i'm still liking it does somebody know i like those shoes why are those shoes following me you know and then i'm like those shoes look real great with that dress you know before i know it and when i when i download when i download scriptures on the internet and i'm like reading them i get lost with all the stuff going on around it and you have the option to press x right do we ever press x no we just adapt to all the white noise and all the sidebar noise that's going on around us because when you press that x it's just stupid because they ask you questions like why do you don't want why do you not want my ad <laughs> and never it's never sensible it's never sensible like because i'm reading something that's important and i don't think you're at it, it they never say anything it's like oh you don't want us to go away do you i'm like you know never press the x it just leads you down another rabbit hole And yes, the shoes are really quite cute and they do match the dress. But what about glucosamine? (laughs) There's so much noise going on. I mean, there's noise going on in my head right now and everything I I need to do. I'm a little bit delirious from sleep deprivation. But as the morning goes, (laughs) we'll we'll work it out. (laughs) All right. Uh, Wisdom is so expressed in the beauty of Proverbs 8. And that's where we're gonna go. We're going to Proverbs eight. And you know, I, I know at any given time, you got a lot going on. And I know that even as I stand up here and I'm not Irwin and you like to look at all the shoes that Irwin has on and all that stuff, cause you put it on the internet. But i um, <laughs> White noise, meaningless noise. Yeah. Um, this is business and I know, you like my new glasses? Yeah. <laughs> See, cause I know you're noticing, you're noticing things. I wish you wouldn't notice those kinds of things because some things just don't just don't matter, right? And so look at this. Look what matters. Proverbs 8, 1 through 11, it says this: Isn't Lady Wisdom calling? And, and that's just a personification of what wisdom they call her a lady. In the Hebrews, she's Sophia. Wisdom is Sophia. It's translation. Isn't Lady Wisdom calling? Listen! Don't you hear the voice of understanding crying out? You know what she's doing? She's crying out because she's trying to get your attention. Not like the white sidebar noise or not like, I feel like everybody in the world is trying to sell me something. Everybody has a pitch. Every meeting I go into, somebody has a pitch they want to do. I can't go anywhere in the world without getting somebody's pitch because we have, we have, our relationships have become so transactional. And wisdom is not a transactional thing. And people are not transactional. But because we are trying to do business here, right? We're trying to do business. We're <laughs> so transactional. But can we for one night try not to sell you something and you don't come up to me afterwards? I, I preached this message in the first gathering. Somebody came up and gave me their packet of stuff. I'm like, really? Really? I'm so glad you did. They didn't ask me to buy it. But now I got to go read it, right? Just I'm not selling you anything. And you don't have to buy anything. This is not a transactional thing. But wisdom is calling out to get your attention because she has something to say. It says this. It says, she's taken her stand at the height, the highest place in the where? At the crossroads, when everybody can what? Louder. There are <laughs> there at the gates, at the entrance to the where? Right in front of the what? She's crying out and this is what she's saying lady wisdom. Oh people. I'm calling to you. I have a message for all who you what people you gullible people. I love about wisdom. She calls you names. She calls you out, you know, gullible people. You know, them, right. Gullible people are bandwagon people, right? Bandwagon people. Bandwagon, you know that word where everybody has to just jump on? L.A., you're known for bandwagon. (laughs) Everybody, we get something, we get something. Everybody's got to like it. Everybody's got to do it. Everybody's got to be in it because it's the thing. If you were to travel through this city and go throughout, you and look at the billboards and look at the messaging and look at the ads, you would think that cannabis Cures everything. (laughs) All the smokers are like, "Woo!" (laughs) I I don't do can—I don't do weed, so I don't like—I don't know if you call them smokers or what. (laughs) Right? I bet you think cannabis. Oh, if you don't like the word cannabis, then you just use CBD. And I know my my daughter said, "Mom, it's not the same thing," and that's what the people said. There's not the same thing. But because we love our oils, don't we love our oils? We're on the bandwagon of oils, <laughs> right? Oils are cure anything. And you put CBD and cannabis and oils together and it's the perfect heaven because we're gullible people. Psst. Psst. Wisdom says, psst. All right. And for all those people who think cannabis is cure everything, you need to inquire some insight. You need to look at it a different way. You naive ones, you know, naive, if you're naive, you don't have the experience. My glasses are so dirty right now. So, uh, so if you're so naive, thank you. I don't know, Joe, really, you got something that's going to clean my glasses, Pastor Joe. You have something that's going to clean my glasses right now, Pastor Joe. Is it not, uh, You naive ones? You've been, <laughs> they, my glasses just got passed down all the way. <laughs> down to show okay so you naive ones you people without any experience you don't have any experience so you're just like you're naive so when somebody comes something comes your way and you're supposed to react with uh, with and you don't know what the heck to do i've never been in this situation oh, what am I supposed to do, mom what am i supposed to do what am i supposed to do and because you're you, okay so the naive ones you got to cultivate a heart that truly understands Cultivate, get in there, dig deep with experience, get in there and try to figure out some problems before you have to make the mistake of the stupid generation before you. My generation, my generation. I'm so impressed with millennials because you really want solutions. You really want solutions. It's like Brene Brown says, clear is simple, unclear Uh, Clear is kind, clear is kind, unclear is unkind. Don't code, don't give me a code for our relationship you like it simple because you can deal with you can make solutions out of simple right you don't like codes that are complicated this is what it says cultivate a heart that truly understands listen for i'm about to tell you of what unparalleled excellence and beauty that's what wisdom has for you you want an excellent and beautiful life unparalleled wisdom can tell you these things what i'm about to say will set things For some of you, things need to be set right, right now. And you're going to have to get uncomplicated, decoded, straightened out before you can solve your own life problems. And some people just keep making uh, the, the worst phone calls, the worst, you know, the next tangled thing, the next thing, and it just keeps getting more and more and more complicated. And wisdom says, no, keep coming back, come back, come on, come back, and, and wisdom will help you set things right. What will wisdom do? I will only speak the truth, she says. And, and we need to do as wisdom does. Do as wisdom does. She says, I will only speak the what? The model there is we will only speak the what? Truth. If you just take that perception, if you just take that principle tonight and leave here, I will only speak the truth this week. I will only speak the truth this week. Your life will be changed with that. Right? Wisdom says, I despise what? So it will not pass through my what? Yes. Woo! Do you hear that? It's okay for us to watch endless amounts of evil and violence, to absorb it, absorb it. And when it starts coming through our lips, we're like, what was that? What have I morphed into? What have I become? And wisdom says, I despise evil so it will not pass through my lips. It will not become me. It will not come out of me. You, are you listening? These are not my words. Everything I say promotes what? Justice. In the workplace, are you up it? You're trying to just up the next guy. Are you making your workplace full of justice? If you rise, you should grab the hand of somebody else and help them rise as well. <laughs> what? what? That's justice. That is justice. It is saying to the people in the tents, on the streets, I'm not satisfied with that. We live beneath us, ourselves, when we say we are okay with the homeless population in L.A. We are not, that is not our culture. That is not who we are. We're going to have to solve this thing for there to be justice. Solve this thing for there to be justice. You see, wisdom, it all works all together. I don't know how. I don't know where I'm going right now with that, but it all works together. It says not one word out of her mouth is what? Wow. Are the words out of your mouth crooked? Do you know what is crooked coming out of your mouth and what is uncrooked? Do you understand? If you would listen to yourself, if you'd listen to yourself speak and not be so enamored with your own words and you say to yourself, is this true? Am I really speaking the truth here? Right? Wisdom always, one word, not one word is crooked and nothing is what? Wow. What is the situation is exactly what is spoken of. Nothing is added, nothing is taken away, nothing is... There's no shadow on the situation. She speaks and nothing is distorted. Each and every word is what? To perceptive people. She wants to talk to people who are listening. Upright and honest is her words to knowledge seekers. And tonight, that's the choice that you have to make. Am I a knowledge seeker? This is this, accept my correction as being more valid. You hear it? Are you, are, do you, are you in a position of accepting correction? I feel like we really need to put our hearts there. Okay, if, if there's things to be corrected tonight, there's nobody in this room that is going to make that correction except you. There's nobody, there's no pastor going to follow you out the door saying, you got to get it right, 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 you got to get it right. Get it right, get it right. <laughs> right? Nobody's going to follow you out. This is it. This is your opportunity. Accept correction as being more valuable than your prized car or your prized thingamajiggery. Whatever you got that you think is so, so valuable. Correction is more important than that. Authentic knowledge more valuable than pure gold. Some of you, what you're listening to is inauthentic knowledge coming from poor sources half truths perceptions opinions and somewhere you got to start listening to a message that is clear not coded simple uncomplicated truth and wisdom is here in the scriptures as you see no gym is more precious than wisdom than lady wisdom your most extravagant desire doesn't come close to her there is nothing more that will help you realign your life than a little wisdom. Tonight, all my wisdom that I have, it comes from being a mom. It comes from walking this journey. I started out pretty young. Here's a picture. Here's a really ah we cut Erwin out. He was there. He's there. Um, but do you see how young I look you see how young I look, you can take it down. <laughs> um, look, that's a lot of years ago when I thought I could do it. When I thought I had the strength to be a mom and I, things were perfect. And I felt like I made a lot of mistakes. And now I feel like I have a degree, a college education in failing or making my children uh, resentful. And I, I'm really great at regret. And because you make mistakes, your parents made mistakes, ask them, don't tell them what they were, Erin and Mariah, all right, we we, we know what our mistakes were, and we we were filled with regret, but look, uh, there are some things I have learned, and I have learned to correct them, and wisdom says, you know, you got to listen to me here, I have just a little geography lesson, and then I'll... On, on wisdom and then I'll go, right? And it's three places you gotta go to get a, to cut through the noise. It says this in the first few verses of, of chapter eight. It says this, it says, she takes her stand. Don't you love that language? I'm gonna take my stand. Women are so empowered. I just, I just love empowered women. You know, it's like, oh, we're, you know, they're taking over the world and they know it. So they're like, it's like, yeah, but, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, look at them. Uh, and had, some of it's so inflated hooey. Some of it is such an inflated hooey. Because I know that you have been down for so long. But when you rise, you make sure you rise with courage and discipline and honoring both men and women. Because we're not, we're not stepping on our brothers to get higher. Wisdom doesn't do that. Wisdom doesn't do that. We, the whole family rises to be one. We're not stepping on anybody's heads to elevate ourselves. But she, Because listen, wisdom takes her stand on the highest place. And we love having that. You know, we love our, we love our Tony Robbins. You're going to move. You're going to move. You're going to win. You're going to win. I go to the gym and there's this kind of like, you know, you know when, the, when the coach is way too much. <laughs> and the trainer is like over the top and say, okay, bring it down a little. I don't need it. I know what you t- tell me what to do. Tell me to do it, I can almost do it. But I don't need you to tell me I need to go higher, climb the mountain, get on the mountain, get on the mountain. I know the mountain. It's hard up there and I know it. But this is not talking about that. She's like, she takes her stand in the highest places. In the Old Testament, God said, "Um, I want to dwell among you. I want to dwell among you. And He called that Zion. And it was a hill in Jerusalem. And he said, Jerusalem is where God dwells. He says, build a temple here, and I will in my presence dwell among you, Israel. Old Testament, is the oldest part, thousands of years ago it was written. And so God came down into that temple, and he dwelt among them. And he said, and he always talked about the highest place being that place where we worship. It's the altar of God where we will find God. And what Israel did is like, whoo. look look over there at that country who they're worshiping we like that is it come on in come on into our country so then they came that's my southern lady you know come on in. so they came in and they says and then and the highest places they set up their asherah poles and they they invited the male prostitutes and the female prostitutes come and and through the asherah poles they would make you more fertile if you would have sex with a and then they would do sacrifices they would even sacrifice children those were called the high places now if you were a king it would say in the in, fir, in the first and second kings it says if you were a king and you went up and you sacrificed in the high places that meant that you you were sacrificing among all those foreign cults and that you were offering sacrifices to both both those gods, and then you would go into the temple and and sacrifice to God, and God said, no, I take my favor away from you. And those kings, when it said they did evil in the sight of the Lord, it was always about going up to those high places. And and God is like, you got a high place. Do you know you have a high place? Wisdom takes stand right at the place you worship. It is the altar with which you worship. You worship at the temple in Zion, where God's presence dwells, or you worship at the high place where it's like, you know what it is? You know what we do here in L.A.? Because we like, we're so go. We believe that cannabis will heal everything. We are so gullible. We just take our like little thing. We put this together with, with this belief system with a little bit of Buddhism, with a little bit of this and a little bit of that before we got it. We have got a concoction of God that looks so much like our own selves. And that is the altar with which we worship God. And that is fine with us because it is so much about who we are because we love certain things and we just gather this and we call it God. And surely God is the altar with which I make him. And it is as though you're going up and you're worshiping a cultic God in an Asherah pole offering sacrifices of your children for your future. I want you to hear that. Who are you? Which God will rule you because you have picked a God? And you have picked a multitude of gods, but which one will rule you? And the altar with which wisdom stands and wants to give you some clarity is to say, you are going to worship something, so so who is it that you're worshiping? In the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 3.16 says this, let's say it out loud together. It says this, don't you know that you yourselves are god's temple and that god's spirit dwells in your midst It's beautiful because when jesus came he said I don't only want to dwell with you I want to be in you Like i want to be inside of you I want to be inside of you. That's why evil can't come out if god dwells in Right I want to be inside of you tucked away in you I don't want and, and to, then, and then you worship from the essence of Jesus being in you. So that altar goes with you everywhere you go, right? You don't have to have an altar in Zion. You don't have to go to Jerusalem. You don't have to go up the high places. You don't have to find your retreat up there, get in nature. So I'm getting nature, right? I can't worship in there. But this is the altar with which you're worshiping tonight. And inside of you, God wants to get in there. And he's like, what God will rule." Your high place, that's geography lesson number one. She stands there challenging them. Who are you worshiping? Who are you worshiping? That second place, it goes like this. She takes her stand at the highest place in the city and at the crossroads where everyone can, what? Somebody's looking at you. Another verse, another version says, she stands where the paths merge. Where the paths merge. Your path is merging with someone else. In Beirut, when Pastor David and I just came back from, our paths merged with a man by the name of Muhammad. And he's like, he's where, he wears a vest that's a little too small for him. <laughs> and things bulge out. And then a hat that's really big and leather. And he has this very big, oh, oh. And he feels like you just, he stepped out of the Old Testament. You feel like he's got this, bul- yeah, just, yeah. And then he's like, <laughs> He's like, you want to know the will of God, Kim? You want to know the will of God? And I said, most people ask me about the will of God. He goes, 90% of the will of God is, is written in this book. <sighs> my paths merged with him and I got that. 90% of the will of God is already written down. The 10% is mysterious to us. But if we would just, if we would just at the crossroads realize where I am and where I'm going and I'm pursuing that 10% of mystery and the will of God in my life, if you'd realize if you would just follow the path of jesus if you would take up the essence of who he was when he lived on this earth if you would just read about his life and follow him when he says that he wasn't kidding then you would understand what the 10 percent is and so we don't we don't read the 90 percent because we don't read <laughs> you can read right but we don't and we live in this state of confusion this state of fogginess, this like, I don't know where I go, and this as my paths merge, which decision am I going to make? There's a lot of things pointing in a lot of different directions. Which do I take? So we live in this state of confusion because we don't know the essence of who God is and His truth and His wisdom, so we don't know what jesus did so we don't even have a knowledge of how to live a daily life and so when the mystery of the 10 percent comes that would be all be answered fine and well because we would be locked into what is true already right right so we stood there uh last night uh and you know i i we traveled for 18 solid hours uh from the middle east here and I got, we got off on of a plane, off the plane about 2 o'clock yesterday afternoon, and I had to go straight to Mosaic graduation, and then, and then I had to fulfill a commitment. And I made sure that Irwin had to fulfill the commitment with me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was tickets that Pete, someone had given us because they supported the refugees. We wanted to make sure that this generous gift that was given to us and seeing the production of the Les Mis at the Pantages, that we were there. I said, I will meet our host at 6 30 just be at the front of the pantages at 7 45 and we'll go in with her she was so kind she's 90 years old she's lovely mary joan and so we invited rachel kaiser so all four of us so we ate we ate dinner and then we got to the pantages and Irwin wasn't there and i waited and i waited and you know i'm i'm calling my phone's broken but i'm calling him and he picks up and he goes, Yeah, yeah. I'm in an Uber, like he's driving the Uber with his feet on or something. (laughs) Uh, I'm coming, I'm coming. And I'm like, so what time are you gonna get here? It looks like uh, 7.56 and they'd already started yelling. Uh, (laughs) The doors are closing. And I'm like, my anxiety level is higher, because I know this this is a gift that somebody sacrificed for us to go. And I wouldn't have gone, but our host was right there. And I said, please go on in, go on in. I'll wait out here for him. And so it, it came and passed the time that Erwin said he was gonna arrive. And now I just call him again and I said, Erwin, what is happening? Where are you? And he said, I'm here. I've been here for a while. So I don't like when people say that two minutes is a while. And I said, that can't be true because I'm here and I'm standing at the only door that's now open, that's about to close. And they said, you can't go in after 14 minutes of the opening act, where are you? I'm here, I'm standing right here. I said, that can't be possible. There's only like three of us out here. Where are you? Standing at a crossroads, where are you? He said, I'm standing right here at the Palladium. Now, for those of you online who don't know what the Palladian is, first of all, it is not the Pantages. It is another theater in Los Angeles that evidently Irwin was at, which he didn't even make that on time. So, mm, oh, it was so fresh just last night. So it's really still there. In my blood, it's still there. I said, The palladium. You're at the palladium? I'm at the Pantages. And then I'm just like, What are you doing? What are you doing? I went in the full bone. My kids always say, I'm freaking out at this level. No, I was freaking out. At the real level. And so he's like, okay, I'm gonna get an Uber. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. I called him the third time. And I'm like, I'm like standing against the wall thinking, what is the best, most judgy position I can be when he can come up? And he's seeing me like, what is that? What is it? And I was trying to do that. You know, I was trying to do it, but all the while they'd already closed the doors and we were locked out. And I was like, oh, I can just feel the anxiety of my host sitting there with these empty t- seats. And, you know, and so, and so then I call him back. I'm like, Erwin, where are you? He goes, I can't get an Uber. I can't get an Uber. I'm like, why? I don't know. I don't know. I hung up on him. <laughs> I hung up on him multiple times through the 15 times I called him, but... But um, I just went on without him. I went on without him, and they were just singing the songs, the Les Mis, as miserable as they were. <laughs> Sad as they were. Desperate as they were. Les Mis is still Les Mis. Everybody's miserable. So 20 minutes went by, 25 minutes by, and Irwin comes in. I'm like, I'm not even standing up. Just climb over me. Get out of my way, Jean Valjean's about to sing, <laughs> and uh, and the night Mary Joan, ninety years old, standing up there, and then Rachel and me, and then Irwin climbs over, and he's like wiping his brow like sweat. And I go, brother. <laughs> I get all the subtleties. I don't. I'm not. I'm not buying any of it. And so uh, you know, Jean Valjean does his thing, and and Javert's like. You know, does his thing, and the, the thing is in inter- intermission, and now Irwin has the job of explaining himself, and I just sit back. <laughs> and he said, "He said so, an Uber never came, and 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 so, and then I decided to get on a bird." Now, for those of you, for those of you who don't know what a bird is in an L.A., it is not an eagle soaring. It is not a falcon that's so glorious. It is the moment that we decided to adapt to our environment and become less masculine. And give up on life and hire a little child scooter. Birds are child scooters. And people are so happy riding child scooters through the street of L.A., and I can't imagine my husband (laughs) on a bird running through L.A. And he's like, and I had to go through six or seven stoplights, I just ran them. Oh, (laughs) oh. And then they're the best thing happened. And then he said, he goes, and then I ended up at the Dolby. <laughs> at the Dolby Theater. And for those of you who are watching online, the Dolby Theater is another, another theater in L.A. that's not the Pantages. <laughs> and he said, I went by the El Capitan on the way, <laughs> which is another theater that's not the Pantages. And I said, Irwin, you've been here for like 120 years. You don't know any of the theaters right down the street from the church. But the, 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 sweetest, most, the sweetest, most glorious thing happened from the 90-year-old host. She said to me, and she said to us all in, 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 like, intermission, she goes, well, Irwin, isn't it odd that Kim can be on time and she came from Beirut, Lebanon, and you just lived down the street and you couldn't get it? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, he, she said so much I couldn't say, <laughs> right? And I'm like, Erwin, where were you? So it's wisdom standing at the crossroads, at the intersection of a lot of decisions. And a lot of decisions you make, you think, all that movement that you, you're making, all those moves in and out, weaving in and out, weaving. Yeah, yeah doing your thing. <laughs> You're so tough, you just run those red lights, don't you? You think that movement equals wisdom. How many wrong places do you have to end up in one night? How many wrong rooms were you in last night? I always have to go there. Aaron says it's always porn, isn't it mom? Porn or sex, porn or sex, you got to go there, right? How many times you stop and being a gullible person going from place to place to place, room to room to room thinking, this has gotta be it, this has gotta be it, I just gotta keep moving, gotta keep moving. Somebody's gonna stick. Nothing sticks till you stay. Whew, wisdom, wisdom. Where are you, where are you going? Are you basing your decis- decisions on your circumstances? Because that's all external. It's wow. all gonna be day to day. You're basing your decisions on your emotions. You can't trust those things, you can't trust them. I was at a retreat or when I had to speak or when spoke right before the shaman, <laughs> right, right after the Vogue, mo- the Vogue person, right before the shaman, man, that's what everyone's, every speaker wants. I spoke right after the horse whisperer. (laughs) And the the lady said right before Irwin spoke, she says, my goal is to be happy. I just want to be happy in life. I was like, that's a goal? That's a goal? Irwin texts me, I'm dying. (laughs) I said, it's because your brain cells are dying right now. That is not a goal. Your happiness is not a goal. You gotta have meaning, right? (laughs) Meaning is your goal. Meaning is your goal. If you're basing your decisions on uh, your feelings, uh, it's all emotional, but if you have a compass, a wise compass inside of you, that says it is, it is et- it's internal and it is eternal, go with that. And that is wisdom, all right? And that is, that is the crossroads, the, cro- the paths that cross with you. That is uh, the place where God is gonna meet you. Where are you, where are you going? I thought that when I dated Keith, I thought, oh my goodness, I'm going to marry this dude. He's so great and glorious in college. And so I just followed him. I was like, where are you going, Keith? Where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? Keith? Are you? Keith, Keith, why are you leaving me, Keith? And I realized that God put that person at that crossroads to get me through a very painful death of my mother when she died drunk in a car accident. And that He just watched over me as I watched my dad put all the responsibility for that accident on my mother. And I watched as I had to stand over my mother's body and try to walk my family who didn't know God through that experience when I was desperately hurting myself. And what I thought Keith was at the crossroads of my life for, he was only to hold my hand to get me through. He was a personification of who Jesus was. Kim, I'm never gonna leave you. I'm gonna take care of you here. Are you listening? Don't put your hope in Keith, put your hope in me because he's gonna leave you, but I'm gonna stay. And I will work with you at every crossroads because where you are and where you are going is not dependent on Keith, so don't look at him. You look at me, you keep your eyes on me. And I did through my mother's painful death and all of the months after. And this is the last geography lesson I have for you. That wisdom stands at the highest place, the altar of your heart. That wisdom stands, takes its stands at your crossroads. And it says this in the scripture, the last thing. And I love that we have all the lovely music. It says there at the gates. Can you hear it? At the gates, at the entrance to the city, right in front of the city door, she cries out. She's crying out. Listen to me. Right at the city, at the entrance. All your entrances all your city gates. You know, we're at the city gate right here at the corner of La Brea and Hollywood. But we're, we're standing at the city gate of the world because we have live stream. And because we have, you know, my sister was listening all the way in North Carolina, tucked away this morning. She was listening to our live stream. We are at the gates of the world. Do you hear me? And maybe you're not all in because you think, oh, they only seen the back of my head. If they saw my face, if I could be on stage, it'd be the best. You know, that's not what it's all about. It's that our message is one, not our face is many, and that they don't have to see us. But look, I'm saying that the city gates, our gates are open wide here at Mosaic. Our gates are open wide. And in the Old Testament, if you were at the city gates, you were interacting with all kinds of people. The people from the foreign lands would come, and they would. the city gates were a place of, of intellectual decision-making, and all the elders would be at the city gates talking, and conversations were happening with the merchants. And, 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 and also they were receiving. They were receiving the people from all the lands come on into my gates our gates are unlocked here our gates so I I don't want to miss this opportunity and we think oh it must be about 20 million dollars right this opportunity you do understand if you don't if you don't have any wisdom 20 million dollars is absolutely impossible but God Almighty we're just asking today that we would see with spiritual wise eyes that isn't a number it isn't a number it is a it is territory It is territory. Lord Jesus, we declare over this building that the walls belong not to us, but to our future. That the brick and mortar which which we stand on, that we walk in and out would be a message to this city. We're here. This is a voice of truth. This is a voice of love for this generation. And if we can stand here and stay here long enough, and it is not about the 20 million, if you see it like that and you say, I am poor, I don't have it. If you would position yourself in a place at this kitty gate and say, God Almighty, you work best in the context of sacrifice, but you are the only provider. And I am not looking to any one person. I'm not looking to the highest, or the most affluent, or the most intellectual. or I'm not looking for anything to make this happen. It can only happen with your hands. And when it happens with your hands, we will receive it from your hands. You will get the glory for this hand, but it will be about our future. And God, it's just that model of Jesus. When the woman came to him with this baby, because we were just in Tyre, and this happened in Tyre with Jesus. Jesus was in Tyre in our city and he said, in that city, and a woman came and said, My daughter's demon possessed. I don't know how to help her. Would you would you heal her, Jesus? And Jesus said, Um, um, I don't know if I, I don't know if you deserve the if you deserve the help. He was testing her. She goes, I deserve the help. I deserve the help. Please have mercy on me. Because Jesus was the city gates, and and it is the door of mercy. Always, the city gates in um, in Israel, if you'll go, was a place of mercy. It's where they stored their their excess. It was just where they stored their their the abundance of their harvest, so they could feed the world who were needy. And I'm saying right now, we stand at a very uh, we stand at the crossroads in this place of saying, God, in the storehouse of your kingdom, open your door of mercy. But we are so weak; we don't even know how to deal with people who have children who have Disease we don't even have the spiritual strength in us to say come out in Jesus That's what he did come out. You're healed be healed when the woman said help me God. I need your help I need your help our city's crying for help our city's crying for truth Our city's soul is broken and we don't even know how to help it if we don't understand the wisdom of saying yes yes this is a spiritual issue and it can be solved only when people know jesus when they come and they know him and at the crossroads at the city gate the highest place jesus is irresistible jesus is irresistible but we think oh jesus is resist irresistible. resistible. i resist him every day because we're so stupid because we don't think we have something that is the cure-all because you're we're gullible so we just think you know Cannabis won't well, care at all, but Jesus is irresistible and He is the Savior of all the world. I know it standing over my mom's dead body, I know it walking this journey with as a mother. I've known it that in my highest place in my altar of my heart, I have to humble and say, God, I'm your girl, I'm your woman for this age. I want to make sure that I, my kids know that and then they've become godly people. I say it at the crossroads of the people I love, the the conversations I'm having, the places I'm going. And when the gates are open, you take the story of Jesus into your conversations and make it not about all the games you watch that are absolutely mm, 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 worthless but you bring that conversation down and put Jesus in the conversation that you're having in your workplace, you turn it around and you let everything that has breath, praise the Lord, that means everything that has breath have a conversation that's wisdom, have a conversation that's light, have a conversation that makes life translate into beauty and love. You have that conversation and you're at the open city gates and God is going to let you receive the goodness and he is gonna open the gates of heaven for you. But it is with our mouths that it starts. And we've gotta be a people of strength and wisdom, yes? Amen. Yeah. And I just wanna say this to you. You know, a man stood in my house and I end with this, but a man stood in my house and he prayed over me. This just happened it happened with Mr. Pena, which is Kevin Pena's dad. Kevin Pena's dad, this man came to give a job to this immigrant. Mr. Peña said I will train him to be a construction worker. And this 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 man this, this immigrant was standing in my house and he had he had just been in detention for months. He was a, deported without his son who had been taken away from him and put in detention in New York. These stories are real. They're not made up. And that man, Raul, he's sort of praying over my house and over my family. He looked at me and he said in Spanish, and Mr. Pena you translated, he said, When you do this unto the least of me, you have done it unto Jesus himself. And he's like and I was like crying because I think here is a here is a, a giant, a saint of God in my house praying. He has nothing. At night he goes and he sleeps with his four children and his wife on the floor on air mattress in one room, and, and he comes into my house and he tells me that he's the least, he is the greatest and I am, in the, I am in the presence of the great and he's praying over me, he has nothing, but he is grateful. He's grateful for Mosaic that you surrounded him with, with resources and surrounded his family and you're getting him on his path. And somebody from Mosaic said today, I think I have a place for him to stay and with his family and Mr. Peña gave him a job and said I know he can't work right now because of ice ice has an angle bracelet on him but what but what but what he can do is he can be trained to do construction and when he's ready, I will hire him. How kind you are, Mosaic, how kind you are to have a heart like this, to say, I will give what I have. That's what does when you're in the storehouse at the door of mercy and people and the whole world comes to you. That's what That's what you do, that's what wisdom does. It just is asking you to give what you have. And tonight, some of you are without and some of you have great things. And I just want you to bow your heads right now. And I want you to think not only of how God Maybe it will take your nothing like Mr. Rawls and he will breathe through you a prayer of great strength and encouragement over someone else. Just give what you have. Just give what you have. You have a heart. Just give the love you have. Some of you want like, how do you, who, who is Jesus. Who is Jesus? And tonight I'm just saying, Jesus is irresistible. He saved me. He saved me from a life of being an orphan and and miserable. He saved me from a life of meaninglessness. And as I walk this journey, over these many years, I realize, wow, I look not like an orphan. I look like a woman strong and healed. I know I've told you that many times, but I have to confess that over and over to myself, I am a woman who is strong and healed. And that's what Jesus does. And we ask you, There is a line of faith, there is a line of faith right now. And you can cross that line of faith if you don't have Jesus. And it's a simple, simple line that you cross and you cross it with a prayer and this is what you pray. You say, Jesus, I give you my heart. That's your altar, that's the seat of who you are. Jesus, I give you my heart and you just give him the very essence of you and who you are. Jesus. I give you my heart and he will hear that and he will like pull you across the line of faith. You will be his and he and he will be yours. He will dwell in you. It happens miraculously, invisibly, maybe without a feeling or an emotion, but sometimes there are great feelings and great emotions attached. But you wait, you watch, you see. God wants to change you in a mighty way, Mosaic. God wants to change you as you pray this prayer. Jesus, I give you my heart. Every day when your feet hit the ground, you say, Jesus, all over again, I renew it. I give you my heart. But tonight, for some of you, it's the first time. And I want to pray for you. Let me pray for you and we don't pray for each other because we are one God, I pray for you. I pray for those who have received you for the very first time You have decoded, you have made clear and clear is kind And Father, we get it now You are irresistible. How would I ever not want you? How would I ever not receive you? And so Jesus in your kindness I have given you my heart I pray, God, over these people. I pray for wisdom and guidance. I pray for direction. I pray for the next decisions, the crossroads of of their heart. They would know which way to turn. I pray their motion would not equal wisdom, but God, they would stop and they would get direction from you. I pray for strength. I pray for healing. In Jesus' name, amen. And, and then, or when you just come. Thank you guys, I love you.
0: Can we thank Kim so much for this beautiful message tonight? Oh God. And maybe you're here tonight and uh, you just whispered that prayer to Jesus. Jesus, I give you my heart, I give you my life. And we just want you to know that that's why we're here is to help you connect to the God who loves you. And, 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 and by the way, that, that, that story about the Pantages, um, Here it, we go. it was pretty accurate, you know? I mean, there, there's some nuances, you know, along the way. And, uh, but uh, what, what she shared with you her frustration, but she did not communicate to you my anxiety. <laughs> to, re- I thought, I went through security at the Palladium and uh, I was sure I was at the right place. Have you ever been sure you were at the right place and you were completely in the wrong place? But only later you look back and realize, wow, that was the wrong place. There's nothing right about it. And uh, and and then when I saw a bird and I tried to make it work and it didn't and then I kept going on foot and I found a second bird and I got it to work and uh, and I took off without thinking about where the Impantages was. And, uh, and, I, and I was going down Hollywood Boulevard and yes, I was running a lot of red lights. And uh, um, yeah, and, uh, and I had this thought, it's a terrible thought because when I, re- when I got to Dolby and I realized, oh, not, 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 not the Dolby. And I started flying back down to Hollywood Boulevard Saturday night, packed cars. I thought to myself, maybe, just maybe when I go to one of these intersections, a car will hit me. And uh, and then she won't, she can't be angry <laughs> that I'm late. You, you, you never had a thought like that in your life, you know. I, I I need a train wreck to hide the train wreck of my life, and and nothing hit me, and um, so I finally I got to the paint I just I didn't even know how to kickstand the stupid thing. I just put it on the side of a wall and left it running. And I, I'm sure someone had a free bird for the rest of the evening. I didn't know how to stop it or detach it. And, uh, and then I, they let me into the Pentages because I looked so desperate. And, and you know what I know is like from the outside, you can see all the stupid things I did. But from the inside, you couldn't see all the anxiety and frustration that I couldn't get it right. And there's some of you here. That's what your spiritual journey has been like. People can judge you and condemn you and be confused by you and go, what were you thinking? What are you doing? How did you mess up your life? How did you get to the wrong place? And maybe you've tried faith or you've tried religion and, and it just, you just always ended up at the wrong place. And, and I want you to know that for me, that was just a small reminder yesterday of what the internal anxiety is of not being able to find your way. And the beautiful thing about Jesus is that he's, he's not leaving it up to you to get to the Pantages. Jesus will meet you at the Palladium. <laughs> He'll meet you at the Dolby. He'll meet you when you go by El Capitan. He will meet you everywhere you thought was the right place, but was the wrong place, because he doesn't leave the finding to you. He, he knows you're searching, but I want you to know he's searching for you. And he's wherever you are, and he's even here in this moment to meet you. And so I just want to encourage you, and, and this is not the way we usually do it, but if you're here, you would say, man, I really... I need Jesus in my life. And I prayed with Kim and I crossed the line of faith or maybe this is your moment. You've been searching, but you just, it never came together. Now you know what you need is Jesus in your life. Um, I just want you to raise your hand right now. Just say, if this is me, I I know I need Jesus in my life. And today is the day I want to give my life to him. If that's you, I, I know people are looking, but get over it. Right now, if you're here, just kind of raise your hand. Beautiful. Anyone else? Beautiful. Anyone else right now, just say, yeah, that's me. I'm so good. That, that's, um, that's why we're here. Mosaic is the gate. It's the, um, the place where people can have conversations about life and meaning and love and freedom and find Jesus. And that's why it's so important for us to do this together. Thank you so much for joining us on the Mosaic podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you've just received, allow it to go deeply into your soul, to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only he can do. And I also want to encourage you to be a part of what we're doing here at Mosaic, to go to the Mosaic app and to become a part of the Mosaic Foundation, to become a regular giver and investor in bringing this message across the world. I want to thank you so much for being here with us. God bless you.